Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9. I, I, Isaiah chapter 9 is such a beautiful, beautiful uh, scripture. You're going to see as we read through this, this is going to be the passage that we focus on for the next four weeks. So begin to highlight it, underline it. I want you to mark it. I want you to be in it. Isaiah 9 is just absolutely beautiful, the, the, the words that we're about to read. I want to give you a little bit of context. Uh, Isaiah has just uh, delivered kind of like bad news to the people of God. Like they, they're, he's like, hey, you guys are out of control. You're wilding out. You're at South Beach every night. You're going crazy. Uh, but Isaiah chapter 9, uh, he begins with some good news. Anybody like good news? Come on, there's nothing like good news. And Look at Isaiah chapter 9. Look at it begins. It says this, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Look at verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Somebody say a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke of the burden that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for fire. Look at verse 6. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come on. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Come on, how good is Isaiah chapter 9? Just those beginning seven verses are absolutely incredible and so I want you to mark that I want you to be on that for the next four weeks we're we're going to be looking at this passage we're going to be studying it we're going to be talking about it we're going to be unpacking it and and today we're going to focus on the four phrases that he uses to talk about and describe the gift right he's talking about something that has been given to us and he uses four phrases wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace can you say that with me wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace today we're going to be looking at the first phrase and if you're taking down notes write this down today we're going to talk about the wonderful counselor the wonderful counselor. I want you to write that down. I want you to grab a notebook, grab a pen, a pencil, a crayon, whatever you can, lipstick, and I want you to write something down. I believe it sticks better when you write something down. If you don't have a notebook or a pen, steal your neighbors and uh, give it back to them for Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we pray? Let's uh, close our eyes, bow our head. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonderful counselor. We thank you for the mighty God. We thank you for the everlasting Father. We thank you for the Prince 
of peace. God, have your way this whole month of December, God. Have your way in the Kendall campus, in the city campus. Thank you for what you're doing across the life of this church. Thank you for team night this Wednesday. We believe it's going to be extraordinary. We believe we're going to have an amazing time this week, God. Have your way in this place, God. We thank you that you're for us, that you're with us. I pray that this Christmas you heal people, save people, open up eyes, and have your way in our lives, God. We pray that... um, Nothing but destruction would come for Clemson from now on. God, uh, what happened last night was not your will. It was not from you. You're a Miami hurricane. We know that in our heart. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Oh, come on. All God's people say. 11 a.m., can you give Jesus a big shout of praise? Come on. Come on. Hey, uh, speaking of sports, how many of you in here are are just sports fanatics? Let me see. Sports fanatics at 11 a.m. Come on, sports fanatics. You love sports. Good about 70, 80 percent. Head us a very well sports enthusiast. I mean, just that's him. It's all sports. In sports, one of the things that have happened over the last several years as breaking news comes out, when a a team is going to make some trades or is going to get a player, is that they they always go back and they make a reference to their sources. Anybody heard of this? Sources are telling me then so-and-so is going to be traded. Sources are telling me that this player is coming to this team. Sources are telling me. If you watch ESPN, you'll see that this has become a common phrase. And When the Heat were in the middle of their run and LeBron was down here back in amazing days, amazing times that we had before they went to a very depressing city, and we're praying that God will help them. Um, all the time, even from the first year, sources are saying there's division in the team. Sources are saying they are not going to gel. Sources are saying they're not going to get past the first year. After a while, you realize sources are always wrong, right? Like so-and-so said, after a while, I was like, who are your sources? Like just say who your sources are because your sources are wrong. You ever have a friend that gives you wrong information? Right, like all the time, like, you would not believe what so-and-so told me. Yeah, but I'm telling you, it is going to happen. You ever have that one friend that tells you something wrong? Don't point at them and they might be next to you right now, I know, but... Mike this morning told our 9 a.m. we have eggnog after service. Everybody went crazy. He had wrong sources. <laughs> and he got the information right out. Come on, everybody love Mike. We thank God for Mike. I really believe that we're living in a time where humanity is searching and looking, but we're going to the wrong sources. Humanity is searching. Humanity is looking. Humanity is trying to find some hope, some answers to life, and we are going to the wrong sources. We have to be careful where we go for our sources, because if our sources are wrong, then the direction of our life is not going to be right. If our sources are wrong, then the direction of our life will not be right. Where where are you getting life counsel from? Where where are you getting advice from? Who's the friend that we approach and we talk to when things aren't going right? We have to be careful because who we go to will determine where we go to. Who who do we talk to? Who do we approach? You don't like where you're at? Well, I wonder who counseled you to go where you went, right? Who we go to will determine where we go to. And in life, after a while, you're going to see that life is going to bring us some questions that we are all going to have. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody is always right all the time. Eventually, life is going to bring a whole lot of questions with it. For example, it it might start with some some simple, simple questions like, man, should I I take this job? What what do you think? We approach people and we say, hey, should I I marry this girl? I already told Phil, yeah, you need to do it and hurry up. Uh, Should I marry this girl? 
right? Uh, should I marry this guy? I think he's a good guy. I don't know. Should, should, I, should I move my family to so-and-so city? Should, should I take this opportunity, right? Like all of us have questions. Like, where, where should I invest my money? I don't know. Um, people are not asking, should I invest in Bitcoin? Everybody has questions. Yes, no, same, all right? And, and we all have questions, right? But what about when questions get a little bit like more serious, right? Like, like hey, um, I, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Can, can you help me? Uh, you approach a friend and you're like, hey, why, why isn't my mom healed yet? Why, why did I have to go through this divorce? Why, why is this happening in my life? Why did that happen to me in my childhood? Hey, hey, is this going to happen? How many people are questioning, hey, am I going to die young? Am I going to die soon? How long am I going to live? These are questions that life brings up. And I think all of us at one point or another, we're going to have some questions. And if we don't have the right answers, we live in a state of confusion and darkness trying to figure out what to do in life. Maybe you came in here this morning and this is where you're at. You're saying, Alex, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I, I got questions. I got 21 questions I could tell you. I, I, I'm confused. I'm walking around in darkness. I have no idea. It's supposed to be Christmas time. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. People ringing bells. People wearing Santa Claus hats. People with gifts. There's lights. There's trees. Everybody's celebrating. And I'm telling you, I don't want to celebrate nothing, right? I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm not happy. I'm actually confused. Something about the holidays that brings up certain feelings and emotions from deep down within our soul to the top. You ever notice that? It's one of, the, the holiday season is one of those seasons where the highest percentage of people are considering suicide, are depressed, are lonely. The most hospital visits happens in the holiday seasons. People are just out of it. Something about the holiday season brings up something in our heart that says, I'm still wondering and wondering what is happening in life. It's something doesn't make sense. Maybe you're in here today like, Alex, this, this doesn't make sense. I'm supposed to be excited. I'm supposed to be overjoyed, and I'm, um, I'm actually lost. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is a, a powerful prophet. He's a man of God that he's, he hears from God. God continually speaks to him. He's actually an advisor to the king. This was an incredible man of God. And he begins to write down all these prophecies that God has given him. And here we get the book of Isaiah. If you read the beginning of Isaiah, he begins to describe the times that they're living in. He's telling the people of God. He's warning them of things that they are doing because they're living in dark and confusing times. They got a million questions in their mind. What happens is that usually when you have a bunch of questions in your mind is that you end up doing, when you have no answers, you end up doing whatever you think is right in your own eyes. So this is where the people of God are. They're like, hey, we, we have no idea what we're doing. We're surrounded. They were surrounded by a, a rising superpower called the Assyrians that were going to take them over. They were afraid for their life. They're like, are we going to be slaves? Are we going to go into exile? These are bad times that we're living in. It was dark, there was gloom, and the Bible says that they did whatever was right in their own eyes. In fact, it says that they called evil good and good evil. It says that they got drunk all day. There was debauchery, there was parties, orgies, all kinds of things. They were doing whatever they wanted because they were confused, just absolutely lost. Yeah, doesn't that sound a lot like today's world that we're living in? Absolutely lost. Hey, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know, follow your heart. Whatever your heart tells you, do it. Right? Hey, should I marry this guy? I don't know. Does he love Jesus? I think so. He has a tattoo of a cross. Marry him. That's the one. He's awesome. Right? And so we do whatever we want in our own eyes. Right? It says that ultimately it led to them going and 
consulting the dead for the future, going to mediums and psychics. Sounds a lot like today's world, right? I don't know why I would want to talk to the dead when I got a living God on my side who has all the answers of the universe. Come on. Anybody with me? People ask, Alex, are you, are, do you believe in the horoscope? Are you into the hor horoscope and into stars? I say, no, I believe in the one who made the stars. Come on, he hung them and he knows them by their name. I'd rather go to the creator than ask the creation. Come on, he's the creator of the universe. And they started consulting the dead. A lot of times, you know what happens is that we go to God only with requests, never to stop to listen to what God has to say. Right? So our well, I spend time with God. I, I love to pray, but my prayer is full of requests, so I never stop to listen. We got to be careful because sometimes we do a whole lot of speaking, not enough listening. And the whole time, Isaiah's trying to tell them, hey, this is what God says. This is what he wants to do. But they're in darkness. They're confused. They're lost. And all of a sudden, after chapter 8, in chapter 9, Isaiah begins to describe and he begins to write words of hope. And a ray of light comes into the picture. And he says, hey, nevertheless... I know it's bad times. I know it's crazy times. I know it's darkness. I know it's gloom. I know you're confused. I know you don't know where to go or what to do, but I'm going to tell you something. Something is coming. It's a great light. And those walking in darkness, those confused, have now seen an incredible light. And he begins to say, hey, now you are living in freedom. Now you're no longer oppressed. Now you're going to have light. Now you're going to know the path. I love it that Isaiah, when he begins chapter 9, he's actually writing in past tense as if it already happened. Because when you serve God, it's not that God will do it. It's that it already has happened. Right? If you're in here this morning and you're saying, Alex, I'm lost in life right now. I'm wondering if God will answer. It's not if God will answer. It's that God has already answered. It's not that God, God, I wonder when God will heal me. I wonder if God is going to heal me. Can I tell you, you need to begin to speak and say, God has already healed me. God has already answered me. When God is in the picture, it already has happened. And Isaiah says, hey, the, the yoke is going to break over those that are oppressed. Hey, you're going to see a great light, and you're going to walk in, in brightness now. You're going to see the path. He says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, say it with me, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince a peace. Isaiah is getting a, 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 a direction from God and he begins to describe what is coming to humanity. And it's almost like he can't even describe what God is showing him. That he has to use four separate phrases to describe this incredible gift. He said this, this is a, a wonderful counselor. This is a, a mighty God. This is an everlasting father. This is a prince of peace. What Isaiah is seeing is so grandiose. What I, Isaiah is seeing is so awesome that he says, oh my goodness, I don't have enough words in the vocabulary in my mind to describe the gift that is coming to humanity. It's magnificent. It is awesome. It is mighty. It is glorious. It is incredible. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful counselor. It's a mighty God. It's an everlasting father. It's a prince of peace. And he begins to describe it. And he's describing the greatest gift to come to humanity. I know this Christmas, you're waiting for a gift. And how many know, when the box is bigger, you're actually a little bit more excited. Like, That's a good gift. Thank you, babe. Right? And you get excited. We're all excited for some gifts to receive this Christmas. But can I tell you, we have the greatest gift 
that has already been given to humanity. Come on. He, he begins to describe the greatest gift. He says, this is an awesome gift. It's a gift that's been given to humanity. Come on. For unto us a child is born. To us a child has been given. God already gave humanity the greatest gift of all time. It's not a car. It's not a house. It's not money. It's not just the stars. It's not just the sun. It's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. We have the gift called Jesus. He begins to describe Jesus. And he's here giving a prophetic update 700 years before Jesus is ever in a manger. 700 years before, he's describing Jesus. And he says, Jesus, oh my God, this is going to be a, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. He uses four distinct phrases to describe Jesus. I want to tell you that this Christmas, you already have the greatest gift of all time. It's called Jesus. He describes it in four different terms. And we're going to be looking at that over the next four weeks. And the first phrase that he uses is wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. It's two English words that really comes from the Hebrew. And the two Hebrew words are pele yoez. Pele yoez. Pele means, uh, obviously, apart from the greatest soccer player of all time, Pele, <laughs> Pele, means, Pele means beyond wonderful. Pele means incredibly wonderful. Pele really is a Hebrew word to say, I don't have enough words to describe what I'm seeing. It is magnificent. It is glorious. It is too wonderful to describe. It is magnumental. It, it is absolutely incredible. This thing is amazing. Pele means this is beyond wonder. Pele means I don't have words to describe what I'm seeing. It is wonder-filled. It leaves you in awe. This thing is glorious. Another word is supernatural. This thing is incredible. He says, it's wonderful. One clap. Amazing. Come on. Anybody glad for the wonderful counselor? <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap. Pele. And then the other Hebrew word is yoez. Yoez means counselor, advisor. It means ones who gives counsel. Another word is a strategist. One who gives strategies. In other words, Isaiah is saying, oh, to us and for us, a child has been given that's an out-of-the-world, extraordinary counselor, advisor, one who's going to guide you, lead you in all truths, in the light. You don't have to live in confusion. You don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to guess because you have an extraordinary strategist. You have an out-of-this-world advisor. He's not just a regular counselor. He doesn't just give some good advice. He's an incredible, glorious, magnificent, powerful counselor. He says, this is who you have. Come on, church. Anybody excited that this Christmas, we don't just, we're not lost. We're not confused. Come on, we have a magnificent counselor. Pele Yoez. We have a, a wonderful counselor. I want to tell you that this Christmas, you're, you're not by yourself. This Christmas, you don't have to wonder. This Christmas, you don't have to wander. This, this Christmas, you don't have to be stressed out saying, God, what is life going to bring me in 2018? 2017 is ending really bad. Is 2018 going to continue the same? You have a wonderful counselor. You have Pele Yoaz on, on your side that he's going to guide you, lead you, instruct you in the light out of confusion into what God has for you. What I love about the wonderful counselor what I, I'm blown away by the wonderful counselor, by Pele Yoez. What I love about him, I'm going to tell you three things that I hope can help you this Christmas. 
the wonderful counselor, the first thing about him is that he's always available. He's always available. He's never going to go quiet. He's never going to go missing. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that, I love sneakers. Anybody with me? I love sneakers, right? I love kicks. I love shoes. I'm into shoes. If it was up to me, I have a million shoes. That's my struggle. Don't judge me. I'll judge you of yours. Okay, but that's my struggle. I'm praying for it, right? If it was up to me, I'll buy shoes every single day. That's who I am. The other day, I went online because I wanted to buy some sneakers, right? And I went online. I went to this store that I wanted to buy some shoes from. And when I went, it said, out of stock. That, has that ever happened to anybody? Right? Out of stock. And I'm just like, the devil is a liar, right? Uh, <laughs> I decided to go to the store, and when I went to the store, they said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. As soon as it came in, it actually got sold out in 30 minutes. It was not available. Can I tell you, all right, I lost my Christianity there for a second. I asked God to forgive me, and uh, that's not even theological, biblical, but, but, but I just got angry. I got mad. I remember one time me and Diana were having some dinner. How many know after dinner the right thing to do every single time is to go get frozen yogurt? That's just from God. It's biblical. It's, from, it's in the Bible. Believe me. And so we decided to go get frozen yogurt. I go up to this store called Menchie's. We, go, we show up at 1059. And they said, sorry, we're closed. I'm like, the door says you close at 11. You should be open. No, I'm sorry, we're closed. Let me call your manager. Let me call the owner of this, whatever, this franchise. You, you are wrong, right? Not available. I remember one time I was sick. I went to the urgent care, and I had to wait for 15 minutes until they opened the doors. Can I tell you that anytime you are in trouble, when you go up to God, he's never out of stock. He's never sold out. He never says, I'm not available. His doors are never closed. Come on, he's a God that never sleeps nor slumbers. He's He's always available. He's always there to give counsel. He's always there to guide. He's always there to lead. He's the wonderful counselor. He's a pele yoes. He's the one that is full of knowledge and wisdom, and he's always available. The Bible says this in the book of Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. He's always present. He's always available. You can call him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he's always going to pick up. His line's never busy. He's never saying, hey, I can't right now. I'm not available. God is always available. Nobody is as available as Jesus is available. Know what I love about Jesus? He isn't just available. He listens. Nobody listens the way that Jesus listens. Uh, you ever had that friend you talk to and you're having a full-blown conversation? You ask them a question and they just shake their head. They weren't listening to nothing you said. Right? Jesus always listens. In, in the book of John chapter 3, in the book of John chapter 3, there's a story about Jesus and a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very well-known religious leader, right? One of those people who are, are, you know, pious and they think they got it all together. And he was confused about life the way most of humanity is. And he wanted to approach Jesus and he wanted to ask Jesus questions. But he was ashamed that people would see him during the day because he was supposed to be this religious leader. And so Nicodemus, what he decides to do is that he decides to go visit Jesus at night, at midnight, right? And so John chapter 3 is what we call Nick at night. And uh, Nicodemus... <laughs> Corny joke. I know, I'm sorry. But Nicodemus goes to Jesus at midnight, and he says, what, what does it mean to be born again? You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, I'm actually really tired. It's uh, midnight. I should have been in bed by 10. I wake up at 4 to talk to the Father every day. Uh, that's just my prayer life. Uh, can you come back in the morning? Make an appointment. Hey, I can't right now. Right there, he counseled them, and he gave them advice, and he gave them all knowledge and wisdom because he's the counselor who's always available. 
Today, how are you walking in? Today, what, what are you looking for? Today, what are you searching for? Are you in darkness? Are you confused about life? Do you not know what tomorrow holds? Can I tell you, there's a wonderful counselor that's always available. What I love about Jesus, what I love about this wonderful counselor, the second thing that we got to know about him is that he's always aware. He's always aware. He's not this counselor that you're going to approach him and he has zero idea what you're talking about. Like I said, I'm a sports fanatic, right? The other day I was talking to somebody about sports and I was telling them about the heat and how they were doing with their heat. And can I tell you, this person was absolutely lost, right? You ever, you ever know somebody's trying to carry on a conversation, but you're like, listen, I, you don't know what I'm talking about. So just drop it because I'm wasting my breath as I'm talking about sports, right? I'm telling him about the heat and the, what they're going to do in the future and what I believe that they're going to do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, Alonzo Mourning, I'm like, listen, he retired years ago. You'd have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what I love about Jesus is that when you approach him, he knows exactly what you're talking about. Oh, Alex, but I'm, I'm broken. Alex, but I'm lost. Alex, I, I don't know if God can deal with my circumstance. He might, he might know you what you're going through. He might know that, that circumstance that you're in. He might know about your marriage troubles, but my, my condition is too severe. He, he can't help me. Oh, I can't go to this counselor. I can't, I can't approach him because he will have zero clue about what I'm talking about. I love that Jesus knows everything that we're going through. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He's always aware. Alex, but you don't know my struggle. I may not know your struggle, but God knows your struggle. You don't know what I'm faith. You don't know the kind of thoughts I'm having. You don't, know, you don't know what's going on in my marriage. You don't know what's going on with my kids. You don't know what's going on with my parents. I, I, God can never deal with my, my situation. He knows. He was tempted in every way. You feel, you feel like giving up on life? You feel like checking out? You feel like you can't keep going? Alex, Jesus never struggled with that. Really? At the end of his life, he said, Father, if you can, can you take this cup from me? Jesus was there. Jesus wanted to quit. Today, you can approach God with your circumstances, with your situation. If it's messy, it doesn't matter. Come. If it's broken, it doesn't matter. He's aware. If you think it's too great, it doesn't matter. He's a great God. He can handle it. Come to him today. This Christmas, you don't have to walk around wondering. Alex, but, but, but I'm too messed up. Alex, I'm, I'm too crazy. Can I tell you, that's what, exactly why the wonderful counselor came. He came exactly for that reason. In the book of Luke chapter 5, Jesus is hanging out, and uh, he starts to call people to follow him. And he, he's helping out some young guys, and he says, I want you to follow me to do ministry. And the Bible says that he approaches this guy named Levi, whose real name is Matthew. And he was a tax collector, and he says, hey, I want you to follow me. And Matthew says, okay, Jesus, I, I got to do something. And he decides to throw a big dinner party for Jesus. He's like, why don't you come over to my house tonight? Me and some friends, we're going to be there. And tax collectors, if you don't know, tax collectors were bad people. Uh, like most of us today, we don't like tax collectors, right? And uh, tax collectors back then were even more evil because they didn't just collect taxes. They actually taxed their own thing on top of that. Like, hey, your taxes are $50, plus I'm going to just charge you $50 on top of that. You owe me $100. It's like, man, you're an evil guy. That was Levi. Right? That was Levi, Matthew. And Jesus is calling, calling him. And Matthew throws this big old house party. There's a DJ. It's like crazy. They're having Chipotle. I mean, that's a good party. They're just having an amazing time. They're all in there. And Jesus shows up. And some religious leaders are like, what is Jesus doing hanging around with people like that? 
Why, why, that's supposed to be the Messiah. That's supposed to be the answer. That's supposed to be the hope of humanity. And it says he's hanging around with sinners. He's hanging around with people that don't have it together. He's hanging around with evil people. How? And I love Jesus, what he replies in Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Come on, anybody glad that the wonderful counselor, he approaches our sickness. He comes to our brokenness. He doesn't run away from it. He came for you and I. Are you not perfect? Are you broken? Are you hopeless? Are you confused? We have a wonderful counselor. We have an extraordinary strategist to help us in our time of trouble. He, he's always available. He's always aware. He's not scared, and he doesn't run away from what we're facing. He's incredible. He's magnificent. He's the wonderful counselor. This Christmas you can celebrate, and you don't have to wait for the 25th. You can celebrate right now. Because he knows what you're going through. He's got you. He promised to be for you. He promised to be on your side. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He's the wonderful counselor. His phone is always open. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He's here. He's available. He's open and he's saying, come, all of humanity. Are you thirsty? Come and drink of the living waters. Are you hungry? Come and take of this righteousness. Come on, there's none like Jesus. Anybody glad? We got Jesus on our side. He's always available. He's always aware. Last but not least, and we'll close off with this. What I love about Jesus is that he always answers. And he doesn't just answer, he answers perfect. You, you can approach a friend, right, and you can, you can tell him about a life circumstance, and you can ask him a question, and how many know people will approach, people come to pastors and leaders, people come to me, and they're like, hey, what do you think about this? Should, should I marry this girl? Should I take this job? And, and most of the time, the answers are going to be like, yeah, um, um, maybe you should. Um, I think you should. Um, I'm guessing you should. That sounds all right. I, I, I mean, we, we ask a million questions because you never want to counsel somebody wrong, right? And then you'll hear answers like this, like, I think you should take it. If it goes wrong, don't blame me. Do whatever you want, right? It's like, well, thanks a lot. Because nobody can counsel you perfectly. Like, we're humans. We're helping out one another. We're, we're human beings. We have limited knowledge. We have limited wisdom. We, we can tell you a little bit by experience, but no one human knows everything about everything. And so our, our advice and our counsel is limited by our limited knowledge. But I love that we have a counselor that he's always going to give an answer, and the answer is always going to be perfect. Because we have a wonderful counselor that he knows about everything he knows everything there is not nothing that he knows everything about nothing escapes his eye nothing escapes his mind he is too glorious he is an absolute sum knowledge of the world it rests on jesus the wonderful counselor who knows it all it lands on him you want wisdom come to the wonderful counselor you want knowledge come to the wonderful counselor are you lost and confused he knows it all he can help you in your time of trouble he has the perfect answer 
answer. He has the perfect strategy. He's the extraordinary strategist who will lead you and guide you in the dark times and the good times, in knowledge and in wisdom. He'll guide you and lead you. There's none like him. None was like him before him. None will be like him after him. He's the God that was. He's the God that is. He's the God that will always be. The wonderful counselor. Come on, this Christmas, we have God on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands? Let's worship Him. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Sing Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, can we worship that wonderful counselor? Come on, anybody glad that we have a wonderful counselor on our side? We have an extraordinary, marvelous, incredible, magnificent counselor, advisor, strategist. He's for you. He loves you. You think nobody understands you? You think nobody knows what you're going through? There's one who does. And he's been given to us. He's been born for us. It's going to be the best time, I believe, for your life. It's going to be the best Christmas because you can receive the greatest gift of all time, and his name is Jesus. Come on, with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this auditorium, I'm going to ask the church to pray. We're leaving in just a moment, but as every eye is closed, as every head is bowed, as the church is praying, maybe you're in here today and you say, Alex, I don't know this wonderful counselor. I'm, I'm, I'm distant from God. I'm far from God. I feel like God wants nothing to do with me. I, I felt like God has no idea about some of the things that I've gone through, some of the things that have gone through my mind, some of the things that I've done in my life. And I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. I want to tell you God wants everything to do with you. He loves you. He loves you more than you could imagine. In fact, he loves you so much that I believe that today is not a coincidence. I believe that God brought you in here on purpose so that you can hear this. Whether you're in this auditorium, in the overflow, listening on the radio or watching online, God loves you and he's for you. He has a plan for your life. With every eye closed, whatever you head about, I'm going to ask the whole church to begin to pray. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I want to know this, God. The Bible says that all of us were sinners and our sin separates us from God. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We failed God. We've offended God. We've done wrong. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God, but that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son Jesus to come die for humanity. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, our shame, our guilt, our flaws, our mistakes, and he went up on a cross. And the Bible says that Jesus died for all of our sins. He went down to a grave for three days. And after three days of being dead, he resurrected Jesus. He's alive. He's the hope of humanity. He's the answer of the world. He's the peace that you've been longing for. He's the answer that you've been searching for. While the whole church is praying, I'm going to count to three. And 
I believe at the count of three, some hands are going to go up all across this building. If you're saying, Alex, today I need a relationship with God. Alex, today I need forgiveness of my sin. I don't want to continue living in sin. I don't, I don't want to carry around guilt and shame. I want a relationship with this God. If today you're saying, Alex, I want a relationship with God. I want a brand new start, a brand new beginning. I want forgiveness. Today is your day. And you can have the best Christmas ever. You can receive the gift. The gift called Jesus. He loves you. He's for you. Come on, while the church is praying, when I count to three, if that's you, raise your hand. In the auditorium, overflow, wherever you're at, you raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. I'm just going to see you. Hold it up for just a few seconds. I'm going to see you, and then you can put it right back down. With every eye closed, head bowed, church praying. If that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. All across this place, raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. Hands raised up everywhere. Hold them up just a minute. I see you. God bless 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 you and you and you and you back there and you and you here in the middle. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you and you. God bless you. God bless you. Here to my right. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? You raise your hand. Come on. Hands being raised up everywhere. If you're you're watching online, if you're listening on the radio, if you're in the overflow, you raise your hand right where you're at. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for all of these hands raised, God. We pray that you seal this moment with your Holy Spirit. As the church is praying, if you're in here today and you raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I believe it's the greatest prayer that you can do with all your life. It's not just this prayer, but it's because you're doing it from your heart. You're putting your faith and trust in Jesus. I'm going to say a prayer, and I want the whole church to repeat it with me out loud. We're all going to say it together as a family. Repeat after me. Say, Father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you jesus i believe you're the son of god that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my lord and be my savior from today on i'm forgiven i'm saved and I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.